to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. My name is Lauren Jackson, and I am so excited to continue our podcast series on summer events, summer programming. And I am excited to introduce you to my new friend, David, who is the creator of Go Curriculum. And he is going to share about what Go Curriculum is, how it started, what their VBS options are, and why they chose not to create a VBS for 2023. So David, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you, Lauren, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Why don't you kick us off by sharing a little bit about you, how you got into this world of kids ministry, and really how you created Go? Yeah, great question. Gosh, I've told this story so many times. Uh, <laughs> I've so I've been in children's ministry for over twenty years, and I, I, I've been saying that for I don't know three or four years. I stopped <laughs> counting after twenty because it just started making me feel old. Uh, so it's been more than twenty years. I started. I, I was on staff uh, at Willow Creek Community Church with the college ministry, actually. But I loved working with kids. So for the longest time, I volunteered with Promise Land. Um, as a small group leader with with the little kids, with four and five year olds, but then eventually came on to staff with them as a, a K one teacher, a fourth and fifth grade teacher, and then eventually the program director for elementary. Um, so I and, and and I only say that because that was Promised Land at that time, and that was the early days of Sue Miller when she was there. That was the best place to learn mm-hmm. children's ministry, and oh, I, yeah. at the time I didn't even know it. Like I just assumed every children's ministry was like this. And, but, but in retrospect, I just learned from some of the best people. Um, and eventually I moved on from Willow Creek and moved back to St. Louis, which is where I'm at now. It's my hometown. It's where my whole family lives. And um, I worked as the director of a, of a children's ministry at a multi-site church here for five or six years. And I had of, let's say six years um, of those, I had five really good years. And the last year was just really tough Mm -hmm. for so many reasons. And um, I knew at that point that last year, I was like, I know I've got to do something different. Um, I know I'm not going to be here for much longer. And I have no idea like what this next thing is. And it was actually a very scary uh, Mm -hmm. season of life, you know, that not knowing. And so um, one evening I was sitting in my office and I said the shortest, simplest prayer. I said, okay, God, what's next? Mm -hmm. And I warn people now about this prayer, like, (laughs) hey, hey, say this prayer. It's an awesome prayer, but um, just be ready. Like it is a dangerous prayer. It's like the blank check prayer to God. Like you fill out the amount and you hand it to God and you say, okay, you, you know, yeah, yeah. You signed in. Or it's like praying for patience. It's like, God, I need patience. And then he just provides all the opportunities. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Like be careful. And so I, I said this prayer, not really honestly knowing what I was getting into. And I've never had God answer me so loudly or so quickly Mm -hmm. in my life. It was later that same evening, uh, I was painting the bathroom. Um, and I'm careful to say that I was painting the bathroom because I've told this story before. I said, I said I was painting in the bathroom and I think you can get this impression of like, I was on the toilet doing a watercolor (laughs) or something like that. Um, and that was, you know, that's not beyond me. I I would do that, but that was not the case this time. I was actually painting the walls in the bathroom. And so it was quiet. Um, like there's no music, there's no conversation going on. And I'm just, I'm just thinking. And all of a sudden 
I hear God say to me, start your own curriculum company. Mm. And I wrestled in the moment and well beyond with the question of like, okay, was this really God's voice or was this just your own internal voice? And um, all I can, all I can tell people is that I've been a Christian for a long time, but I'm still learning what God's voice sounds like in my life. Um, But I know what my own internal voice sounds like, because that Mm -hmm. thing's going all the time. And it says, it says small things and it says comfort preserving things. And this voice was not my own. This Mm -hmm. voice was saying big things and bold things and scary things. It spoke with an authority. It it was, you know, my internal voice says, maybe you should think about, or, or have you ever considered? And this voice was not that it was saying, do this. It spoke Mm -hmm. with an authority. And I felt when I heard this, I felt so overwhelmed. The way that I described it at the time is like, I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. Uh, I have since then come to realize that this elephant that I refer to is anxiety. Like Mm -hmm. it was, I, you know, I had this pressure on my chest. I was having a hard time breathing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? This is too overwhelming. And so I told myself like, look, um, go, go to bed. It was late at night. I was like, go to bed. And like so many other harebrained ideas you've had, you'll wake up in the morning and this thing will be gone. Mm -hmm. And so I woke up the next morning and it was the first thing I thought of and instantly elephant back on the chest. So I pushed it away. I pushed it away the next morning and the next morning and the next morning. And I did that for about a month. And finally, after 30 days or so of realizing, you know, this, this thought just keeps on coming back and it's not going to go away on its own. I said, okay, it's time to change tactics. And I'm really going to wrestle with God on this. And so I started praying and my genuine prayer to God was, God, you have got the wrong guy. Like mm. seriously, like the, the creativity, the writing, the curriculum stuff. Yeah, I've got a background in that and I can understand how maybe I can do that. But we're talking about um, starting and building and leading an organization that does those things. And I don't know the first thing about that. Like I've been in church ministry my entire life. We, I mean, I don't know the first thing about sales and marketing and even the, you know, the tax things that go and and establishing and all that stuff. I'm like, I I don't know the first thing about this. And so really my genuine prayer was, God, you have got the wrong guy. And I heard God say back to me, I know you're the wrong guy. And that's why I picked you. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to be because of how talented you are or how smart you are or how much you know. This is going to happen because of me. And I'm just asking you to be faithful and to come along for the ride. And I was instantly reminded of Moses. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is my burning bush moment. Because I remember God telling Moses, you know, go talk to the Pharaoh, tell him to set my people free. And Moses's response was like, wait, it was basically Mm -hmm. like wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. I can't do this. I'm not good at speaking. Send my brother Aaron. Um, And so I couldn't remember what God's response was to Moses. So I, I turned back to the book of Exodus and I read that story again. And I loved what his response was. He didn't say to Moses, come on, buddy, you can do this. You know, like just dig deep. It's inside of you. He said to Moses, um, go do this. I will be with you. 
Yeah. In, in other words, it's not about you, Moses. This is about me. And that's what God was saying to me. He's like, this isn't about you. This is about mm-hmm. me. And I'm, I'm asking you to be faithful. And, um, you know, I wish I could say at, at that moment, I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> it still took me another month of, of processing. Um, and God really put some people in my life who encouraged me forward and not only encouraged me, but really helped me. Um, and so, at, you know, at some point, I just ran out of excuses mm-hmm. um, and I was really, really dissatisfied where I was at. And in retrospect, I honestly think that maybe God had a hand in that too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think God had a hand in my dissatisfaction because the truth is, I wish I could say I was so faithful and I was so brave, you know, that if God said, you know, run into this, you know, uh, burning building that I would just go do it and trust him. Um, but the truth is like, I think he had me in a headlock. And I think he was turning the temperature up so hot and I was so miserable uh, because if I had felt comfortable or happy where I was, I might have just said, ah, yep. everything's good where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, this is just too dangerous. This is just too risky and it's outside of my comfort zone. So, but um, yeah, I mean, he had me in a full headlock. Um, and so finally I was like, okay. And that was about... That was like nine years ago. Or okay. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a little while now. We've we've been at this for quite some time, um, and so that was more or less the birth of of Go Curriculum. That's awesome. What an encouraging story. I loved how you just tied your own experience to what we see in scripture, and then even as like I think back to my own ministry career, and as I'm talking to ministry leaders, so many people feel this sense of I am unequipped. Yeah. I am not the right person to lead this ministry. I am not the right person to disciple these kids and how encouraging it is that you shared your own story of God, just reminding you of like, it's not about you. It's about what I'm going to do through you. And I just think that's such a sweet reminder for leaders. And as we're talking about summer and as we're talking about fun events to put on, there are leaders listening who are like, I am not an event planner. I am not a detail-oriented, visionary person, creative person. And it's saying, no, 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 no. Like God will give you the wisdom and the strength and will bring you the right people to be your creative brain, to be your detail-oriented person. And that's such a, just a sweet reminder for leaders listening and for us as followers of Jesus to just remind ourselves that it's not about us. It's about what God is doing through us. And we just get to participate and we just get to say, okay, God, like I am going to trust you with whether it's this next step or with this next event or whatever, or with this next Sunday. And so I think I just love, I love that story. And I've never heard that story. So that was really fun to hear. Yeah. Um, It's one of those things too, where I'm like, I tell people this and I'm like, I I wish that God would call everybody on the sort of adventure that he's called me on. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously, I don't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, it is so exciting and it's so faith building and it is so hard and it is yep. so scary, but that's what is so wonderful about this. Like it has been the biggest faith building journey I have ever been on. And it took me getting out of my comfort zone. And that was just it. I, I had learned so much and God had had me on, on a journey, but I was pretty comfortable. And yeah. then he said, you know, do this thing where it is going to be hard and it is going to be scary. 
And I have seen God at work so many times since then mm-hmm. because of that. So, yeah. you know, that's, that'd be my encouragement to people too, is like, if you feel God's calling you to something big and something scary, do it. Yeah. Like seriously, like yeah. go beyond what you think your abilities are. If that's what you feel like God's calling you to do, because it's it like, just like me, it's not about me. It's not mm-hmm. about you. Um, we're it, to, to some degree, we're all the wrong guy. We really are. Like we're not, we're not smart enough. We're not uh, strong enough. We're not brave enough. Um, at some point we all reach our human limits. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where God wants us yeah. though, because it forces us to just depend on him. Yeah, that's awesome. So go began, the idea came nine years ago. Yeah. What did you start with? Did you start with your additional products, your events that you have? Did you start with Sunday curriculum? Kind of what did you first launch with? Yeah, we launched with uh, elementary curriculum. So K through fifth grade. And these are back in the days where it's like, I, I, you know, we didn't have the resources to even do video. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. all live stuff. But even when I look back at that, I'm so glad that we didn't have all of the toys to do the fancy stuff because it really forced me to make the live experience the main thing and to make it really good uh, because I didn't have a lot of video capabilities to, to lean back on. Now, that's changed over the time. Um, we've, you know, now been able to implement video stuff into, into all of that, but, um, I'm almost glad that we didn't have the fancy toys to begin with, because like I said, it forced me to really make sure that this was a solid curriculum. And Mm -hmm. it's actually, it's one of the things that forced, uh, us to kind of go in the direction that we did, because I knew that we wanted it to be chronological, Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that I wanted it to be very fun and engaging. Um, and when I say engaging, the, the thing to me that is the most engaging is when things are interactive, when kids are a part of what is happening. And that's why the, the, the tagline for Go is join the story. Mm-hmm. Like I, we, and we mean that in two ways. We want kids to literally join in on the storytelling Um, But then also we want them to join God's story of love and redemption. We want them to to have that faith journey. Um, And so one of the things that I had to figure out is, okay, without uh, lots of slick technology and videos and, 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 you know, all that stuff, uh, how can I make this interesting? And that was the way that we did it. We said every unit, every four to five weeks, we're going to utilize a different interactive storytelling method. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the kids, not just two or three of the kids, because that's a typical way of, of involving kids is, you know, have a couple kids come up and you put some costumes on them. You tell the Bible story and they act it out. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is, a, that's a super fun um, storytelling method to use, but it only utilizes a handful of the kids who are there. Um, and you can only do it for so many weeks before it just becomes sort of like, yeah, it's back right. it now becomes background. Um, so you want to do something different. So suddenly I was tasked with every month coming up with a different storytelling method yep. that involved all of the kids. And I was super excited about it when I started. Um, but it was also really scary because when we started, I had three or four good ideas, you know, and I'm like, well, we've got three years of this. So we've, I've got to come up with 36 ideas. I've got three and I'd get to the third one and be like, I don't know what we're going to do next. Uh, And then also I'd be like, oh, okay, wait, I have one more idea. 
Yep. And so, I, you know, I'd okay, well, let's do that one. And then I'd have another idea. And then I have two more ideas. And so, like, really, God just kept on infusing me with the ideas and the creativity that I needed to be able to do that. But that's my favorite part about Go, is mm-hmm. that it is so incredibly interactive. Um, and the storytelling is really, really fun. Um, and I don't think that would have happened if I had had all of the toys on day one. Right. I, I might have just said, hey, let's get a team of actors together and let's shoot this really cool video that tells mm-hmm. the Bible story. Um, and I just didn't have the ability to do that. So I had to come yeah. up with something that was out, out of the box and creative that hadn't been yep. done before. Yeah. Talk to me about some of those storytelling methods. Like, obviously there's like the costume, the retelling the story, but I would love to know kind of what are some of those that you guys use throughout your curriculum? Yeah. So um, here's an example. I'll give you one example from elementary and, and one from preschool. Like one of the units the kids just go nuts for in elementary is space ninjas versus pirate squirrels. I mean, just the title alone gets them yes. excited. I don't That's know what very, this is about. Right, like but- third grade boy. Oh, and that is exactly, that's another thing. I was very intentional when it came to the, like the creative components. I was like, what would the fourth grade boy find really exciting? Because that's just it. Like if you can get those older boys to buy in, you've got everybody. The older boys are the hardest ones to get. Um, And so this is like right up their avenue. Space ninjas versus pirate squirrels. The older boys like it. So do the younger kids. Even the girls get into it. And it's a, it's a competition-based storytelling method. So uh, all the kids are divided onto two different teams, uh, Space Ninjas and Pirate Squirrels. Both teams have to do different things to help tell the Bible story. Each time they do those things, they get points for doing that. At the end of the story, there's like a little trivia competition. Um, they get more points for getting the answers right. And then at the end, they count up their points and one of the team wins a quirky, really weird prize. And they go nutso for it. Yeah. And they do that for four or five weeks. And before the storytelling method ever gets old to them, they've moved on to the next one. Right. I love yep. hearing, like, I just remember there's been numerous churches who have said, uh, like the last week of Space Ninjas, Pirate Squirrels. They'll say, this is our last week. And all the kids will groan like, no. Um, and then the leader will say, but next week we're going to start doing this. And mm-hmm. there's like, yay. Like they're just, they're so excited. And that's honestly, that's what you want to do with kids. Like leave them wanting more. Like you mm-hmm. don't want to get to the point where they're just like, uh, this again. Yeah. Um, yeah, leave them wanting more. So that's that's an example of a storytelling method we we, we use with elementary kids. Um, one that we do in preschool is called Tippy's Mouse House. And so Tippy the mouse has snuck into the preschool room and she got a hold of our Bible story pictures and she took them back to her house. Now, in order to tell the Bible story, we have to look inside of Tippy's house and we have to find our Bible story pictures that are mixed in with all the other doodads that Tippy has collected. So the kids have this little, it's basically like a little seek and find worksheet that has a bunch of random pictures, but mixed in there are pictures from the Bible story. And so you say, okay, can you find the picture of the baby boy? And they all have their little, their crayons and they find the baby. Oh, they circle the baby boy. Um, and then you tell the part of the story that goes with that picture. Uh, maybe it's the story of baby Moses, you know, being you know, floating mm-hmm. down the Nile river. And so you tell that the part of that story, it's just like two or three sentences that go with, with the picture. And then you find the next picture and then the next yep. one. 
and they just they love tippy um we do a lot of character-based stuff in preschool. There's Maisie oh, yeah. the mailbox. Oh, Maisie has a message during oh, Christmas so time. Cute. Yes, you actually have a mailbox and you wrap it up with lights and we give you a face that you print out and put on the mailbox um, to make Maisie look like this character. And Maisie lights up throughout the story um, every time she has a message and she tells kids a different part of the story and, and they have to do something interactive to yeah. help tell the story, but they can't yeah. wait for Maisie. Like she just lights up and they get so excited yeah. about Maisie. Um, but it's just, again, that's our way of involving the kids in mm -hmm. the storytelling. So they're not just sitting there yeah. um, and listening to a talking head the whole time. Yeah. Um, so it, it helps with, um, engagement, but it also helps with retention too. They just, mm -hmm. they remember more when yep. they have a stake in the learning process. Oh yeah. And I, I love using different storytelling methods like this because it's really easy to press play on a video. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of churches. I mean, I've been in a church plant setting and I've been in a small church setting where the technology is not available. And sometimes these kids directors or volunteers are like, I don't know how to teach. I don't have a teaching background. I think teaching to kids is terrifying, yeah. but I love how you and go are saying, let us give, like, let us think of these storytelling methods and give you the resources to teach. It's, I think that is really unique where you're saying, Hey, the videos are also an option. Like over yes. the nine years of doing this, you say, Oh no, we have the videos. We have right. the video content. But we also have this as an option. If you don't have a video TV projector option, but also weaving these storytelling methods and really engaging and interacting with the kids into this tech world that so many of these kids are growing up in. Yeah. So finding I, I that I still balance. remember, um, oh gosh, I remember long ago. So one of my coworkers at Promised Land was Aaron Reynolds. I don't know if you know who Aaron is. Aaron was big in children's ministry a long time ago. In fact, I've got his book right here. It's the fabulous reinvention of Sunday school. Um, he's an amazing storyteller. In fact, now he's a New York times bestselling children's author. He does a lot of picture books. Um, and I remember Aaron one time saying that you should be able to, um, like if you create a lesson, you should be able to take that lesson to the street corner Mm -hmm. And be able to teach that lesson and have it make absolute sense when you've got no video capabilities and maybe you don't even have access to the props that you could literally take this out to the street and you could perform it. And um, that was kind of what we had in mind when we created this. It was like, yeah. And, and part of that, I, I'll, I'll be honest, the way that I got there is because we didn't have the technological capabilities at that point to create mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, if I had had the tools, I would have used them. But in hindsight, I'm so glad that I didn't. Yeah. Because it forced me to get creative and to think differently. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's just easy to rely on it and depend on video. And that's not what we wanted. Um, and ultimately, I think it was it was to our benefit um, to not have those. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's great. I I love teaching. That's my like niche. That's how I serve in my church. And so I, anytime we could like chat about large group teaching, we could talk about this forever. Uh, but I want to get to 
other things and VBS and summer programming. So I found Go by learning about one of your events that you have as like an additional product in addition to your curriculum called the Ginger gingerbread bash. I feel like I have to like practice saying yeah, that over and over again because it's a big, it's a wordy uh, title, but people and kids ministry leaders that I am connected with could not stop talking about this. Yeah. And they loved it so much. They thought it was brilliant. And I kind of would love to know, um, why do you think those events are important? Obviously Sunday morning is a big part of ministry, right? This is kind of like the bread and butter gathering on Sunday morning with your church community is so crucial to your faith and um, the church in general. But a lot of times kids ministry puts effort and budget money and time and resources into these one-off events. Why do you think that's important? Why did you create gingerbread bash and your Easter one, which is Easter extravaganza? Why did, why do you think those are important to the life in the calendar year of kids ministry? Well, let me start with saying why I think it's important, and then I can get to the uh, how, how did it even come about, because that's a mm-hmm. little bit of a different story. Um, the reason why I think it's so important, especially now, uh, is a number of things. Number one, it's it's another opportunity to share the gospel with the kids in yep. your church. You know, I know, and I know you get those opportunities um, every Sunday morning, but the reality with the the busyness and the craziness of life now is that you don't, there's not as many touching points with each one of those kids as I would want. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not coming to church as often. And so when you have an event like this and there's a little bit more buzz about it, it's different than the normal. Cause it's like, oh, Sunday morning. Yeah. It's, it's, we've, I've done that forever. Right. Um, but Ooh, there's a sp- special event coming. And Mm -hmm. suddenly there's a buzz around that and kids get excited about that. And so suddenly you're starting to see um, some of the kids that maybe you haven't seen in a while, or you Mm -hmm. don't even see that often. And you'll have more kids come to this event than you would maybe even two times and three times as many as you would have on any given Sunday morning. So you do kind of break out of the, the, the regular rhythm. um, And suddenly people are like, cool, let's do this. So that's yeah. one of the reasons. Um, secondly, uh, every event that we do, um, we do family events. These are events that the idea is that the parents will be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, that's so important. And gosh, I could go off on this whole tangent mm-hmm. as, as to um, sort of children's ministry leaders buying into the vision of equipping parents but then not really following up on that um, and creating opportunities for that to happen. Right. Special events like this are an opportunity to do that and say, hey, come on, parents, we want you to be a part of this and we're all going to learn about Jesus together. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, we're going to kind of model it for you and you're going to maybe learn how to do it for yourself at one of these events. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, we're going to hand you the reins at some point during this event and you're going to be able to lead some of this yourself. Yeah. So that's another thing that I, 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 another reason why I think it's so important to do these, but the one honestly that I think is closest to my heart and that I get the most excited about is especially with gingerbread bash. I've seen this over and over again. Also with the, the Easter egg hunts extravaganza, we've just put out a new one called, um, the big drop. Oh yes. I saw that one. Yes. They're, and they're, they all have a similar purpose, which is, I want 
for churches to use this as an, a community outreach event. This is like the perfect thing, especially at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. You have so many people who don't come to church on a regular basis, or maybe who have never been at church at all, but they love Christmas. Yeah, and they and they love all the dressings around Christmas and this idea of coming. Oh, our church is going to do this thing, or the church down the street is going to do this thing, um, where you're going to build a gingerbread nativity and they're playing games and all that stuff. It's like, yes, let's do that. Um, and so it's such an easy event to invite your unchurched family, friends, neighbors to mm-hmm. come to, and and that's what I hope that people are using it for. And we're also very, we're always very mindful with all of these things. Like we're going to give everything we do, like good biblical substance, but we're going to explain it in a way, this deep theology, we're going to explain it in a way that even a kindergartner can understand it. We're going to explain it in a way that um, somebody who has never been to church in their life can understand it. Mm -hmm. And so in particular with, with, well, with all the products, gingerbread bash and, and the big drop is the same way. There's, there's a gospel moment in it. And it's not a hard sell and it's not a, it's an introduction to the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. And so Mm -hmm. ultimately that's really what I love about these special events is that it's an opportunity to reach out to the community around you uh, and to spread the gospel. Yep. I can't tell you how many times kids ministry leaders will talk to me and say, I don't know how to partner with these parents because they are, it's the, the first time that they've experience Jesus. Like these parents are first generation believers. They didn't grow up in the church and they're trying to figure out how to grow in their faith and disciple their kids. And these ministry leaders are like, I don't know, like they're not latching on to anything that I'm encouraging them to do because they don't, they've never had it modeled for them. Yeah, They don't know what family discipleship rhythms look like at home. And I love how you've thought through that. And you've said, Hey, Gingerbread Bash is a, I do it, you watch model, but then it's, you do it, I watch. Like just this, this, I can't remember, there's a phrase for like the graph of like learning and it's like all the different steps. I can't think of it, but if I remember it, I'll link it in the show notes, but it's this mentality of getting people to lead and they have to watch it first. They have to know what they're doing. They have to know how to do it. And having these things modeled for parents and then turning around and saying, okay, no, you lead the conversation. You do this on your table. You do this at home. Um, I think that's really sweet. And I think that really um, can help the kids ministry leaders win, right? Cause mm-hmm. you want, you don't want parents walking out of an outreach gospel centered event saying, man, I feel really discouraged because I didn't know what they were talking about. That's the yeah. last thing yeah. you want your parents to feel. You want them to feel empowered and encouraged and equipped to continue the work that was done at this event. So I love that. Yeah. And and the interesting thing about how it came about is um, this, all of those things were a direct result of COVID for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And COVID was, I mean, it was a wild time for us. It was a wild time for everybody. Prior to COVID, you know, again, when when you start um, a new curriculum, a new curriculum company. I mean, it's like any new business, like you scratch and you claw to stay alive. I mean, that first year of our existence, like we, we had such a small handful of churches that were using the curriculum. Um, and then the next year it would like double or triple, which is awesome. I mean, if mm-hmm. any business leader were to look, you know, you grew uh, 200% in your yeah. second year is like, yeah, that's incredible. But the first year we only had 20 churches. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. So it's like, 
you still, it's like the second year, like, okay, got a little bit more, but then the next year it's like, it doubles or triples again. Mm -hmm. And so the compounding interest, and then it doubles and then it doubles. And so even pre COVID, we were starting to get traction and we had a really loyal uh, group of, of uh, fans and followers who were using the Mm -hmm. curriculum and and saying more and more great things about it. And then um, the world shut down Mm -hmm. and um curriculum sales just bottomed out like overnight people just stopped buying curriculum because of course they did they weren't even having mm-hmm. church on sunday mornings yep. i was gonna be buying curriculum and i was like oh no um and my first reaction was uh to go into sort of a defensive mode i, I was telling myself like look um just stop spending money um uh, and this is going to be over in a few months from right. now, everything's going to open back up. And I think we had like, we did the math and we're like, if we don't spend, if we only, you know, keep the lights on, we could survive for six months. Um, and so that was our mentality for about the first 24 hours of the shutdown was defensive mode. And then the next morning I woke up and I was like, wait a second. No, this, uh, COVID is not an obstacle it's an opportunity mm-hmm. like um, the, the world and, and churches didn't stop needing resources. They just right. need something very different. Yeah. And we were in a unique place because we were as small as we were, we could pivot quickly yeah. and other companies couldn't do that. Yeah. You're and, a small ship. You yeah. Turn. We're a small ship. We, we turn quickly. All of our, all of our, materials are digital and downloadable. That yep. makes it easier for us to, to pivot quickly. And so uh, the first thing that we did was um, I said, okay, this was like two and a half weeks before Easter. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing all over in the forums, like everybody's Easter egg hunt has just been blown to smithereens. Um, and so I was like, maybe we could do something. And that's where I came up with the idea of the Easter extravaganza. It wasn't a, a gospel-centered Easter egg hunt that churches could send home to their families. And there was yep. a whole video component to it. And this really, literally, this was the first time we started doing some live video stuff. And okay, I, again, so you didn't do live video until this? No. <gasps> COVID. Wow. Yeah. That's when we okay. started. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and in fact, if you watch the old, uh, Easter egg extravaganza video, I'm literally, I'm sitting at the desk, just like you are seeing me now I am in my office <laughs> because literally everything's shut down. There's like nowhere for me to go except for sitting right. in my office and talking to this camera, um, and do this whole sort of Easter egg hunt experience and then do a little gospel presentation at the end. And, you know, okay, so in terms of the production value, it was right. it was low, but it had to be for that yeah. time. But it was so effective. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that we only had four days to create this entire product because, like I said, it was two and a half weeks until yeah. Easter. And I thought, well, we've got to have at least two weeks to sell the thing and to get it uh-huh. into the, the hands of churches. And... So we just worked day and night for four days and we got that thing done. And I'm telling you, we had more churches buy that in the two weeks leading up to Easter than we had ever had by our curriculum prior. Oh, and people were, people were hearing about us who had never heard of us before. 
And so we finished uh, that. And then um, a, a ministry friend of mine, Tony Coomer, uh, who, who runs ministry to children.com. He said, Hey, you need to do the same thing for VBS because VBS, everyone's VBS plans have just been blown to smithereens. And, yep. and um, this, and this is my secret. This is, and I, I never wanted to tell people this, um, but this is what I told Tony. I was like, Tony, I have no business making a VBS because um, not only have I never made one, I have never led one. And even as a kid, I have never been to one. I have no VBS touch points whatsoever. And wow, that's so sick. Willow Creek never did a VBS? Nope. No. And that's the church that I was uh, at in St. Louis never did a VBS when I was a kid growing up in church. I, I don't wow. remember if my church had them. I never went to them. Um, I only knew I only knew about them. And so I told Tony that, and Tony said, that's exactly why you're the right person to do this mm -hmm. because VBS has to be completely different. It has to be done yeah. so different now. Um, you're going to have to think outside of the box. And because I had never been in the box, uh, that was really easy for me. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I learned a little bit about what's the, the general flow of a VBS. What does it look like? And, and actually, you know, if you've done a lot of children's programming in the past, it's not that hard to yeah. learn sort of the new format. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we took one month and again, day and night, we worked to get Bolt VBS finished. Mm -hmm. um, and it went nutso. Like I, I, we had, and for us, this is out of this world. We had 1600 churches who used Bolt VBS. Now there's other publishing companies, like if they had 1600 people buy their VBS, right. they would probably shut down. Right. Uh, they'd close the whole company. But for us, that was like, whoa, amazing. Um, and so that gave us a lot of traction. Um, and then we did an Easter version. We did, I'm sorry, uh, Christmas, Do Holy Night. Um, we did mm -hmm. an event. And all of these were, they were video-based. They were made so that, churches could send them home to the parents and it could be led yep. at home. And it's one of those things. It was like this aha moment for me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it took a pandemic to convince me that yes, we need to start creating resources that aren't just for the kids, but that they're for the families and mm -hmm. that we really are equipping the parents to do these things. Cause that's just yeah. it. like, even as a resource provider, I'm like, yes, I believe in the value of of, um, you know, setting up and, and leading and, and helping parents lead their kids and disciple their kids. But mm -hmm. we had never made resources that, that backed that up in the yeah. past until COVID forced us to, because yeah. there was no option except to send it home to the parents and have them do it. Um, so that's really, that was the catalyst for all of those one-off events that we do. And it turns out like for us, that was the best thing that could have happened because so many people like yourself mm -hmm. who had never heard of Go Curriculum before were suddenly like, oh, okay, who are these guys? You know, yep. what, what is this? Um, and so our, the number of people who use our curriculum now has grown significantly yeah. because of the exposure through Easter Extravaganza and VBS and, and Christmas events like mm -hmm. that. That's great. So I do want to talk about VBS yeah. because you still have VBS 
options up on your website to purchase and use on Sunday morning and at home and all the things, but you chose not to do a VBS for 2023. Yeah. Can you tell us why? Yeah. Um, I suffer from, this is a self-diagnosis. I now suffer from, uh, VBS PTSD. Um, there was, there was probably for a year after creating Norby, if you had said the letters of VBS, I would have had a physical reaction oh my goodness. to hearing that. And yeah, I because think- Norby was like so much more than the VBSs yeah. that you created earlier on. And like Norby has all the things that you would it need. Does. And, and so it is, it was a, probably a big undertaking It was huge compared to previous years. It was huge because uh, our first VBS uh, was a three-day VBS, um, and it was you know it was so fun. It was also light on its feet, and it had to be because of COVID. And mm-hmm. then the next year we did a four-day VBS, and we included and, th- and we started doing music with it. And yep. then the third year with Norby, it's a five, it's a full five-day VBS with yep. all the songs and all the things that come along with VBSs, um, and. Two things were going on after COVID. We just went into sprint mode. Like we had, we had to, to keep up with it because things were changing so fast. We had to turn around. Like I said, Easter extravaganza, we had four days to make that. That should have taken us a month and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, VBS, we did that in a month. That should have taken us three or four months to do that. And so we just hopped from project to project to project, trying to get them out fast enough for churches to use because we were all behind the eight ball. And so I, I mean, I was just on a dead sprint for two years and so had been running really hard when we went into Norby VBS and altogether Norby took us five, I want to say five months mm-hmm. and, and we're talking, we're still at this point, we are a very small team. Like at that point, it was just my wife and I, and we had just brought on a part-time, um, a salesperson, like not even salesperson, that customer, is crazy. customer service. Yeah. So we're doing all of this with, with almost no team whatsoever and contracting stuff out. And so after, um, gosh, I mean, three, three months into it, I, uh, man, I won't go all, you know, all into it, but I started having, um, physical symptoms, um, and the stress and the anxiety of, of the responsibility of doing this, just being feeling so completely overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that had to be done. Um, it started to affect me physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and I look back at Norby and, and, you know, we can talk Norby more too. Norby is awesome. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be happier with how that VBS turned out. When we got all done with that thing, I looked at it and I said, this might be the best thing that we've ever created. And I never want to see it again. <laughs> you know, like I, I am so like, get it out in the world and I hope people enjoy it, but don't talk to me about it because I still have <laughs> VBS PTSD. And, and that's what's crazy though. And here's a learning thing for me. Um, I know from talking to, to children's leaders that I'm not the only one who has VBS PTSD. Um, people who are, who are pulling off the VBSs feel that too. It is yeah. such a huge, overwhelming event. Um, and if you have a small team like we did in the creation process, then you're just like, 
there's so much to be done. Yeah. It, it takes up your whole, it takes up your whole summer. And then you get to the end of summer and you're like, I didn't even get to enjoy summer because I was planning VBS, like putting on VBS and then recovering from VBS. Yeah, absolutely. And so when, when, you know, a year passes by and it's time for us to start creating the next one. I already knew going into it. I, I was like, there's, there's absolutely no way that I, I can do this to myself and to my team again, not at this point, not until we grow this team and not until we have a, maybe a different vision for what we want VBS to be. Um, and so that was really, I knew there was going to be a lot of people disappointed when we said that we weren't going to do another VBS, but I had to protect myself. I had to take, I had to take care of myself. I had to protect my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it, it wasn't just about that. It wasn't just about health. That was a big part of it. Part of it too was, um, I started looking at like, we just spent five months, um, working full time on pulling this VBS off. That's almost half of our ministry year. And yep. think of all the things that we didn't create uh, because of that. And so when we stopped and said, okay, if we don't do VBS this year, what will we do? It was like, yeah. oh my goodness, those are, those are all great things, things that don't currently exist. And that's the other thing about VBS for me as a publisher. Uh, people always ask me, even back pre-COVID, like, will you ever uh, do a VBS? And my answer was always no, because there was mm-hmm. already enough VBS options out there. Um, and I just felt like I would, I was just adding, you know, more, more noise to an already noisy, uh, part of the, the world. I thought we could do it better. I thought we could do it different, but it was still, it was just another five day VBS. Um, yeah. and so I've talked about, it. I was like, if we ever do VBS again, and that'll be a year to year decision, mm-hmm. um, we are going to approach it differently. And I I don't know if I have interest now. Don't quote me on this because I (laughs) just imagine someone is going to be like, well, you said in the podcast that I, this is just all wet cement, but I would really ask like, if we're going to do VBS, how can we do it in a way that it creates something that's just not out there? You know, Um, I hear more and more churches having this conversation too. Like, I don't know if five day VBS is right for us. I Mm -hmm. think maybe a three day VBS, or I've heard more and more. And I love this idea. Um, we're not doing a daytime VBS. We're doing a nighttime VBS and it's for the yep. whole families, you know, three I nights. just, I just heard about a church doing a preteen weekend experience. Yeah. And I don't know, I haven't done a whole ton of research. I don't know what, maybe they are writing their own curriculum content for that, but I'm like, Oh, you could even take a VBS curriculum and utilize it for other things. Like I just told somebody of like, Hey, if you want to take the VBS curriculum and spread it out between the five Sundays of July, you could do it that way. Like you can think outside the box when it comes to summer programming. And I love that one, not only you listen to your own body and your own limits, but you're also saying it's okay to not do a typical VBS. Like it's been done for the past 30 years. And I feel like that gives that frees so many leaders up to just take a big sigh of relief and say, Oh, I thought I had to do that because we're in kids ministry. Yeah. Right. I'm, and I'm, I'm so hesitant because I know VBS is, is sacred for so many churches and it's effective too. Like Mm -hmm. really cool things can happen during VBS. Um, I mean, we wouldn't have published VBS as if I, if I didn't believe that, but at the same time um, you have to ask yourself, is this a sacred cow? 
And are you just mm-hmm. doing it because it's what you always do? Um, yep. And then maybe even ask the question that we had to ask is, well, how much time does VBS take up? And if you didn't do that, what else would you do? Because you might come up yep. with some ideas where it's like, oh, wow, that's that's even better. Um, you know, again, I, I, I'm, I'm not dissing on VBS at all. It is an awesome, awesome experience. But sometimes that thing has, it just, it's like that monster that grows out of control and will just stampede its way through your ministry and crush mm-hmm. the people who are trying yeah. to pull it off. And so that's why overall, like, that's what I would tell leaders too. Um, like, take care of yourself. Yeah. Take care of your ministry. I, I remember thinking this when I was in the midst of that uh, VBS anxiety, feeling overwhelmed. I was like, I know God has called me into doing this, but I also know that God uh, does not want me to feel like this. Yeah. This is not me feeling this um, stress and anxiety and the physical symptoms and all that stuff. That is not God's will. And yep. somehow I got ahead of him or I got out outside of the track and, and I was, I was just, I was doing more than I needed to be doing. And so like, take care of yourself mm-hmm. first. Don't, and don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad when you have to say no to something because you are protecting yourself and you're protecting your team and you're trying to keep a, a healthy environment. That is so good to do that. And in fact, God blesses that. And, and, and I see, I see that even with ourselves, like we have some awesome things coming up, um, because we said a really hard no to something. Um, so yeah, I mean, no one, no one to say no. And I'm not saying like, yeah, say no to VBS. I am not mm-hmm. saying that, but, um, at least think about it. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. No, think about it. Cause it might not even be VBS. It might be something else that you do at the church. Yep. Um, that's just crushing you or crushing mm-hmm. your team. Like, don't like yep. the, a lot of times God when wants you, you in this for the long haul, like yep. last for a long time. Yes. Yes. That's so, that's so good. And can sometimes when you say no to one thing that allows you to say yes to more things. And yes. so as a leader trying to discern, okay, this year, I mean, we're, this is launching in the beginning of 2023, this podcast will come out and we can say, okay, for this year, what are you saying no to? So that allows you to say yes to something else. Yeah. And I think that's such a good reminder for leaders as they plan their ministry year and as they look forward to summer, like maybe you say no to this so that you can say yes yeah. to other opportunities to minister and encourage and equip right. and support your families. I think that's great. So David, our last question that we always ask is if you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry, what would be your words of advice or encouragement? Oh gosh. Well, part of it is is based on the the theme that we're coming out of. Uh, and I just said this, take care of yourself. Yep. Like really, um, God, God doesn't want you for the next year or the next two years. He, he, he wants you fully and completely in this whole thing. And sometimes it's easy to spiritualize the work over spiritualize the work that we do and and say like everything that we do in the name of the gospel is god breathed and for mm-hmm. his glory but sometimes it's not yeah i mean that's the truth i mean sometimes it's about our own ego sometimes it's about 
our, our own drive to do stuff. Um, and we can push ourselves to some really unhealthy places. I know, mm. I mean, it's been a little while since I've heard this. I think the um, average lifespan of a new children's ministry leader is something like two years. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, I usually hear like three yeah. to five years. So it's like, yeah, right around- even, even three to five. Um, and that, that rings true for us. I mean, we see, we see that, uh, mm-hmm. just not even, not in the turnover of churches who use our curriculum, but the turnover of the leaders who are purchasing the curriculum. It's yep. like, oh, well, you know, she, you know, she's no longer with us. I'll be the one who's like, yeah, we hear that all the time. I mean, the turnover yep. is huge and, um, that's not healthy mm-hmm. and it's not even really good for the kingdom. Like what's good is that that people last, like they accumulate this experience and this knowledge and this wisdom. And they utilize that over the course of many, 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 many years. Yeah. Um, and so go, go in it with, um, longevity in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, don't over overdo it and know strategically when to say no to things. Yeah. yeah that's great. So as we finish this episode, where can people find more about go where do you where can you send people where can they follow you how's the best way to get a hold of you or go to learn more about go yeah two things go to um gocurriculum.com and you can learn all about our uh sunday morning curriculum as well as all the video components that go with that now the journey today show we've got a new preschool show that's in the works right now called topher time oh Oh, fun awesome um, and then as well as all of our one-off products, the gingerbread bash and the big drop and all that, then VBS is Norby and all that stuff. Um, you can find that at gocurriculum.com. And then if you want to just hear more, like I blog on a fairly regular basis, um, at I'm David That's the letters. I am like, I'm David Roush, R-A-U-S-E-H.com. Um, and I, I blog on a regular basis and just put out free content. Join, if you join our email list, I'll send it directly to you. So you can do that. Great. DavidRausch.com. Great. That's awesome. David, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love this conversation. I thought it was so encouraging and I think it just gave not only people an insight to go curriculum, but just giving them a lot to think about as they plan their summer and, um, encourages people to think outside the box. Yeah. So I'm really grateful. Happy to do it. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Thanks so much. Friends, I am so thankful that David could join us on the podcast today. I thought his stories were funny and challenging and just encouraging. I had never known how Go Curriculum started, and I loved to hear how God moved in and through David to eventually step out in faith and launch Go. I am so glad that David was obedient to what God asked him to do and that Go is around and providing incredible resources for families and kids ministry leaders. If you would like to know more about Go curriculum or how to reach David or how to get in contact with their team over there, all of the information you need will be in the show notes for this episode. As always, if you loved this episode, we would love for you to share it with a friend. Send it to a kids ministry leader or maybe even send it to your volunteers if you are in the process of trying to find a new curriculum or are loving Go for your Sunday morning programming. If you want to keep the conversation going, you could head over to our Instagram page at Kids Ministry Circle or you can find us at kidsministrycircle.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.